2: Louise out!
3: Welcome to the Friday Fun Show. Working title. Dan Hansis with Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal from across the Southland and across America all the way to the Jersey Shore. Welcome to our live stream episode of the week. As we get ready for week seven, we see the message board, the commenters already firing off, getting pumped up. Um, And we will be reaching out and connecting with the listeners early on. Mark, I know this is your favorite show of the week for so many reasons, including this week, It's About Me will be about you. And it is about you and you love that.
4: I do. I like the spotlight um, focused directly on me at all times for um, both positive and negative news. I didn't know that
2: this was a thing that Mark pretended that he didn't like the spotlight. This is like a new 2022 trend. I don't understand. I feel like this has been an important week. Uh, Mark has often
3: come at you and me, Greg, for saying we we seek attention in the spotlight, but Mark's always been one of us. And now... The monster within is coming above the surface of the water.
4: Well, this is uh, it's an absurd way to get into the show here. I have a question for you, Dan, because I'm tracking this heavily. What did your mother make you for breakfast? We, we got yesterday's <laughs> eggs with um, onion and paprika, I think you said. Like what, That's very um, good. What happened today?
3: We have so much to get to, including a blockbuster trade. But this is oh. important as well. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, yes. Eggs, onions and eggs with some paprika. Today, we're down at the Jersey Shore. I went to the local coffee shop I love, Turnstile. I got a nice latte, I got an almond croissant, and I watched the Thursday night football game. Uh, I was tied up with the Yankees failing in Houston last night. So I got caught up, prepped for this show, and this is where we are. Very excited to get into today's show, boys, because we got so much going on. We have the Thursday night football recap between the Cards and the Saints. We have Rachel Benetta joining us in just a little bit, one of our favorites. We have It's About Me with Mark Sessler. We have an injury update ahead of Sunday's games And some fearless predictions, but first, yes, the huge blockbuster trade that went down uh, late uh, at the end of Thursday Night Football kind of came out. The San Francisco 49ers sending second, third, and fourth round picks in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2024 to the Panthers um, four-star running back Christian McCaffrey, Adam Schefter, broke it. It's official. It's a done deal. So McCaffrey, the former offensive player of the year, the former 1000 receiving 1000 rushing uh, running back now joins a San Francisco offense that obviously uh, got a lot more dynamic with a big trade. Here is GM of the Panthers. Scott Fitterer when asked by well, actually, it's hold on Scott talking about what's going on with the Panthers. Let's focus, start starting, Greg, with the 49ers, a team that we were just talking about on Thursday's show. Is this offense explosive enough? Is Jimmy G put a cap on what they can do? Well, you add a guy like McCaffrey, hmm, it
2: just got a lot more feisty. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an all-in move. And I think it's interesting in this season, in context – of the Rams and how well Jimmy Garoppolo and their passing attack has been. In the past, we always think like, oh, the running game's kind of carrying the 49ers offense. Jimmy G's along for the ride. This year they're seventh in passing DVOA. They're always solid. They're always efficient. They're 26th in running. They haven't been able to get the running game going. Like Shanahan's lost his magic a little bit because of all the injuries and personnel and offensive line. And McCaffrey fixes all that. And I think they look at this offense and and they look at this defense, if they can get healthy, and they say, like, we're one of the Super Bowl contenders this year. And I think they look at it in the context of the Rams, the moves that the Rams have made to try to push them over the top. And they got their Super Bowl a year ago. And who was the other team in the mix, according to our friend Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic, pushing hard for Christian McCaffrey? It was the Los Angeles Rams. And I, and I <laughs> think that's why... They had to pay so much. Scott Fitter, you'll, you'll get to it, mentioned he thought this was equivalent of a first-round pick, getting a second and what was it, uh, two-thirds and a f- fourth ultimately that or a second third and the fourth he's right that is cool equivalent to a first round pick they got a f- totally fair value a nice value for McCaffrey it's a big risk for the 49ers but no one's going to care if they make the Super Bowl and that's kind of the bar now if they don't make the Super Bowl this was not a in the next two years or win the Super Bowl this is going to be a bust
4: I mean I think if you if you look at what the Niners have done over the last couple seasons the move for Trey Lance um, and it's not worked out to date, but had it, um, the the way, the reason they did it was they viewed themselves back then as a player away from being Super Bowl gold. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, but it's like a true quarterback would take us over the top. All right, they're going to sit with Jimmy G, but again, they say in this environment, in the NFC that we're in right now, where again, we've talked about this all day yesterday on our preview show. It's such a watered-down league right now. There's really very few dominant teams out there. And the Niners probably look at Chris McCaffrey and say, once again, he's the guy that can put us over the top, especially when you think about how do you attack the teams we're going to face in January, the Eagles, a team like the Eagles that's stacked on defense. Chris McCaffrey is the guy that can change all that. And we always praise, you know, Belichick's Patriots in days of old for having such versatile players. I mean, if you think about McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, I think they look at the two of them and say, there's no combination – of players who can do slot wide receiver running back they can do it all like those guys you throw in brandon Ayuk, kyle use george kittle and if if jimmy g keeps the mistakes down and you have a top three defense that gets healthier and the line gets healthier the niners have a right to view themselves as the team to beat in the nfc because the rams have fallen off a cliff and it really comes down to the philadelphia eagles i think well it's a Mm -hmm. it's a
3: double it hits double hard for the Niners and their fans in terms of celebration, because you you're in love with the upside of this trade and you stick it to the Rams who I think we're getting into this place uh, where we are in the football world. Now where they're just, you're going to assume they're always going to be the team that pulls off the big deal. So you finally got a guy uh, that the Rams wanted and yeah, Debo, Debo, Iuke, Kittle, CMC. uh, That's a great recipe for Kyle Shanahan to give us f- go full Shanahan. Who was it that rushed for 200 yards and four touchdowns uh, against the Packers in the NFC title game a couple of years back? Was that Mo- Mostert? That was Mostert,
2: um, I believe. Yeah. That,
3: I mean, you now have the type of running back in McCaffrey who could deliver a game like that if the if the things are if the stars are aligned and the, and you put the San Francisco offense in a place where yes, there's still not going to be a deep strike. Uh, Big play attack in a traditional sense because Jimmy G puts a cap on that somewhat. But if you trust Shanahan's ability to call plays and and uh, get the most out of a running back like CMC, this is exciting. Now, the reason why they had to give up so much uh, in terms of draft capital is you are trading a for the idea of CMC from a couple of years ago. Uh, And also the idea this is not a rental. He's he's doing outrageous amount of money next year that you would think there might be a restructure uh, to make it all work for San Francisco's books. But I don't think they do this trade unless there's an understanding. And I know the McCaffrey's and the Shanahan's go way back. So all of this makes sense. However, and it's a big however, (laughs) it's a big one. McCaffrey can't stay healthy. And the San Francisco 49ers are a snake-bitten team with health. Now, I don't think it makes him more risky at risk for injury because now he's a 49er. That would be stupid. But at the same time, we need to see McCaffrey in this offense and stay healthy because if he gets hurt, they're kind of right back to where they started.
4: The one thing I'd say, though, I think one of the reasons the Rams were very into McCaffrey beyond just the idea of what he could do for their offense and would fill a void for them, they just played him. And they just saw him and he looks like the old McCaffrey. I mean, I think he's he's also been healthy this season. He's been great. And so that's where that bidding war came from. I think on one level was like they saw him up close and personal and thought this guy could change our offense. So, it is a huge win for the Niners on that front. And I would just say the only thing is like they've, you know, Shanahan's never had a 1000-yard rusher in this Niners offense. Uh, which is kind of crazy because he's probably, you know, it's always been a committee and these guys are getting hurt left and right. Um, The only thing about it, like, that I kind of view as a bit excessive is that I don't know if Shanahan in most of his years needed McCaffrey to have a great running game. He hasn't. He's he's turned Jeff Wilson into that guy. So, I mean, it's a bit of a luxury, but I I love the idea of, like, if you're going to go for it, if this is your window, you're not going to have Jimmy G next year. You don't know what Trey Lance is do it now. I like that. I like the risk-taking, daring do element of the whole thing.
3: I'm with you on that too, Mark. I think it's a big swing for the fences. By the Niners love the trade on the on the Carolina side of things. Uh Greggy, yeah, I know you you love to nerd out on this stuff. Uh it's interesting to me how we've talked about how the Panthers have tried and tried and tried to make a big splash in recent years and the fates have just not aligned. And I thought this is interesting. Even this trade where they had this guy that was a generational talent at running back when healthy uh, and a market with two Super Bowl contenders and the two teams at the forefront were missing the one thing that the Panthers really wanted. Here's uh, GM Scott Fritterer talking about the trade market and clearly referring to the 49ers, yes, but also the Rams. But we talked to the teams. Um, you know, a couple of teams didn't have first-round picks. You know, that we thought, you know, in that area was probably the right area for Christian with uh, regarding everything. Um, So they, they complicated it that there wasn't a first round pick to be had. So we had to figure out what's the equivalent of a first round pick. If that's the case, Uh, just Greg, Kind of a a bummer for the Panthers (laughs) that yes, the Rams traded their first round pick as they always do. So it wasn't there. And Trey Lance, that trade led to no first round pick for San Francisco.
2: It, it is a bummer. Yet, I, I if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm pretty happy about this trade. I'm not happy where the franchise is, and I'm not happy the Christian McCaffrey thing hasn't worked out. But to to get off this contract and get three mid round picks and then another fifth feels good. Like he's yeah. Gonna... But before the season, Greggy, if if you would have told Panthers fans you're going to trade.
3: McCaffrey a week and a half before the deadline, and you won't get a first round pick. They would they would not be
2: happy with that. Well, that that's that's totally fair because it would indicate that their season has gone totally haywire. But I think the trade compensation, just in a vacuum was pretty good for a running back. If anything, it makes the crazy contract that they gave Christian McCaffrey, which people were like, don't pay running backs like that, feel a little better because you got all these picks back. I mean, ultimately, you did get something out of him. And and one thing I do want to say just on the financial side, people have kind of looked at it like, oh, McCaffrey's worth so much, and Warren Sharp sent out a tweet that had all the cap numbers wrong because he put like the signing bonus into the cap numbers. And the Panthers already paid that signing bonus. They're just eating that dead cap. He's under contract pretty cheaply, I think, fairly for the next three years. 11, 12, and $12 million cap number. I don't think they have to change uh, his contract at all. He's still one of the higher paid running backs in the league, but it's not outrageous. I, I don't think for a guy like McCaffrey and they got these yak bros and I include McCaffrey in that mix together for a while. So it's not just a one-year move. I think they should have Debo. Ayuk, who's on his rookie deal. Kittle who's under contract. That that should be the pass catching. I'm going to run for 50 yards when Jimmy G drops it off five yards uh, core for a little while, which is, which is nice.
4: I would also say, I mean, they, they, they you can say you want multiple first round picks. I want a right, lot. Of they things. were never getting that. I don't get everything I want and neither were the Panthers going to get everything they wanted here. That was pie in the sky to to trade him now when there's just this distinct need um, with a couple teams that thought he is the final piece They got more than they would have gotten trying to trade him in the offseason. I just believe that. I think it would have been, this is about as much as they could have asked for. They're in a tough position. Um, Also, I think part of it is where are you going to be with Christian McCaffrey next season at this time or the year after? They're a rebuilding team that has no idea who their quarterback is. Christian McCaffrey does not fit into that offense right now.
3: All right. Let's uh, check in with the listeners streaming live on the Friday Fun Show working title about this big trade. Uh, Let's check. What do you got? Where is Gravedigger? Gravedigger. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: Uh. Ah. Everybody. Got it. Hey, how's it going? The hey. soap bottles wants to know: Will the Panthers go scorched earth? Scorched earth and trade everything not nailed down now. Well, Fitterer was asked about that,
3: and he said, "This is not a rebuild. We're trying to win, but get out of here with that." I, I mean, that's absurd. Sometimes you just wish that there would be just honesty from the GM. That's like, listen. Our plan, it has not worked out. We're, we're trying to get this thing right, and we didn't want to trade CMC. He's a foundational piece, or we thought he was, but we got to take a different approach here. And
2: uh, yeah, we're building for tomorrow. Just say that. Why not? Yeah, It depends on the players, though. You know, I think they're putting DJ Moore, for instance, in a different bucket. That Like, we still need to keep young um, players that we have under contract that are good. They might not want to trade him. If someone comes in over the top rope for Brian Burns, and offers a first, and to me, he would probably have more value than Christian McCaffrey, I would think they would have to listen to that. But I think they'll they'll play a little harder to get with the rest of their roster. They've, they have already picked up, uh, what, four or five picks here between him and Robbie Anderson. That's not bad.
3: Yeah, what else we got, Digger? All
2: right, I'm going to throw two at you that are related. The okay. first
5: one, Eric Boogie. Will CMC start and get a majority of the touches for San Francisco at running back this week? Smash. Only one Only one man has that answer. It's Mark Sessler. What's part two? I have both Debo and CMC, <laughs> but as Niners on my team now, do Ooh. I trade one or keep both? See, I also have Christian McCaffrey in a fantasy league. What Stack the heck em. do I do this week? Stack them. Yeah.
4: I think we're going to see him this weekend. I don't, I don't think that it's not, you know, you're not asking him to come in and play quarterback in a scheme he's never heard about. I mean, this is a running back. I think they've already talked about Red zone kind of thing. This was my lock. The Chiefs. Um, I am reserving the right to rethink that uh, that lock because it, you know, the oh. elements have changed. The weather has changed. You'd have to Ooh, go good because
2: <laughs> they said red zone, but I bet it's one of those things that he gets into the game a little bit, and then they feel like they can't resist just playing him more and more. You definitely can't sit him in fantasy, by the way. Graver, like even if he only played 25, 30 snaps, I feel like you got to play Christian McCaffrey. Unless well, just- I can't now because I would have put DeAndre Hopkins in. But
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight this one. Aaron Castillo, sharp as attack, I think Dan essentially acted as Fitterer's puppet by stating exactly what Fitterer would say for him without him having to do it. He got me. Fitterer That's got it. me. <laughs> put, you he he put mass. his hand right up me and turned me into a puppet. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I um, does. Aaron. Sorry, sorry, I played Scott so well. Probably
2: not long for that job, I, I suspect. He's which is a weird thing. He's making these trades, and I kind of don't expect I, him to you know be what? there next time. That's year. a
3: good point, and that did cross my mind as well this morning, Greggy. Like you always run the risk of holding on to a guy too long, especially somebody like CMC who's struggling to say healthy, but maybe that's a, a piece that the next guy gets. But I mean, there's just so much stuff going on with this organization. Aaron Jaffe, is CMC to the Niners the biggest running back trade. Of the
2: decade, huh? Well, uh, I, would say the a, I would say
4: Trent Richardson got a first. I, I that, that Richardson was bigger, turn.
2: actually. I mean, he wasn't a bigger star, but it was it was more surprising, and he got more. Um, of course, there was the Herschel Walker trade. Herschel Walker, famous now for other reasons, but uh, he used to be famous for setting up that uh, Cowboys dynasty. Well, that I don't think this, this is going to set Doug up a Panthers dynasty. Right. Now he's famous for having a clear eyed look into the future of America. <laughs> How about Marshawn Lynch? That was a big trade. Although at the time, people really thought he was used goods and that it wasn't that big of a deal, but they got a lot for him when he, uh, they trade him from the Bills to the Seahawks. That's Somebody makes way. The, a good the point. The way the
4: question is phrased, wouldn't it actually be just from 2020 to now? Yeah, that's, well, then, yeah. that's a Yeah. So one, much, you know, I well, talking about I got 1989. One for you. Like,
5: I got one for you. David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm going
3: to go ahead and say, yes, this has been the biggest trade of the decade. Uh, one more, then we're going to get Rachel in. <laughs> Eric Boogie again. The Boogie the Man is having a big Halloween he's, season. He's got good <laughs> questions. Are we entering a golden era for NFL trades? Oh, this has got Greggy written all over it. Why is trading so much more prevalent than it was just a few years ago?
2: Well, I got to say the trade tsunami was slightly ahead of its time, but I, I the trade tsunami I would predicted from a four or five years ago uh, has hit. It's because uh, it's easier to get people under the cap now. Like the cap is so high. I think they structure these trades, uh, these um, contracts in a way that just makes it easier for people to trade and move money into the future. And people aren't that close to the cap all the time. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's makes the NFL much more interesting. Right? You know,
3: what's a, you know, what else is a beautiful thing. This world that we live in at NFL media, where this woman now Counts as a colleague joining us now. She's got bangs, Rachel Benetta.
6: Uh, listen, let's, let's, let's not make a big thing about it, okay? <laughs> well, you know, mm-hmm. head, to I'm about it. head to our, you know, our audio
2: <laughs> Head to our YouTube. Doing
6: fine mentally, that's all you need to know. Okay. Is that
3: a thing? Is there a correlation uh, with women getting bangs with some type of
6: uh? One thousand percent. So I've gotten so many messages like, "Are you doing okay?" I called my mom and she she just said. Oh, sweetie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, what is that shirt I, you're wearing, Rage? Rage? Well, I wore that sh- this
6: for you. Oh, I wore this for you. That's a
3: that's a beautiful throwback. New York Jets green sweatshirt.
6: This is also a okay. good luck charm, my friend. I w- I wore this right before I think they played the Browns, uh, or I bought this before they played the Browns. Mm. Beat them, no problem. Interesting. No Change
3: the their season. On that one. All there right, welcome go. back to Bangs with Benetta. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jason Joseph, for that. So. Rach, uh, we're going to get into a bunch of things, but we're going to start now by transitioning to the Thursday Night Football Recap. You ready Mm. to uh, hit that
0: hard? I'm I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. Ready to
6: hit it at a mediocre pace.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. Throws over the middle, and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to the left of the 40, at the 30, at the 25, at the 20, and Simmons in, back to back, interception returns for touchdowns by the Cardinals at the end of the half, the third pick thrown by Andy Dalton, and the Cardinals defense with takeaways, turning them directly into scores.
3: How about that? As Mark exits the shot, tries to get back into the shot in time, but fails. Totally um, fails. Marco Wilson and Isaiah Simmons score touchdowns on pick sixes within a minute of each other late in the first half, and it was the driver for the Cardinals in a 42 to 34 win over the Saints. And um, the Saints, uh, the Cardinals improved to three and four. It's the first time they've won in their building in a year. Yuck. And for the Saints, we're going to get to the (laughs) Saints because uh, we've talked a lot about the Saints in the summer, and it's time to reexamine that situation. Uh, Rachel, let me start with you on this one uh, because when you uh, were uh, kind enough to join us in London on stage to talk about the figures in the NFL that fascinate you, Kyler Murray was one of those figures. And this was another spotlight game with people paying attention, not just to the, the game, but what's going on with the arizona operation and i think people will remember this game for two things the double pick six by dalton sure. yeah only one's his fault and then the kyler murray sideline i don't know altercation feels strong with cliff kingsbury but he ran up to his coast racially and said calm down uh what do you what do you think about this game for the Cardinals? there was and- a few
6: more words in that sentence by the yeah. way Yeah i don't <laughs> think it was just calm down there's a few more things
3: and then he kept going <laughs> Uh, your thoughts on the state of the Cardinals after that game.
6: Just uh, if I'm D hop and I'm coming back, I'm like, Oh God, can, can I be Christian McCaffrey? Can I go somewhere else as well? Like it's just, it's such a, it's such a mess. You can, you can get excited about the Cardinals because of the two picks and, and them winning and putting up a lot of scores on the board and Deandre Hopkins being back. But then it's just that one moment that tells you so much more than the score does and it's mm. this team is a absolute mess. You you've got Kyler who is seemingly very immature and to be honest I kind of thought I was putting all of the problems on Kyler and then you see him wigging out over cliff seemingly yelling and getting upset overly upset in his ear and then, i don't know if you guys heard his like the post game he was like um cliff was like it's just a bunch of gen z stuff they're like <laughs> ca- they're, they care about oh, no. what we look like on television like it's a mess it is a full-blown mess and i kind of love it
3: yeah michael morgan uh chimes in with do you think kyler yells at this much at his um cod friends online He probably says
6: that exact same sentence. That's why it came out of his mouth so easily is because he just yells that all the time. But Uh, I love how messy it is. It's just gross, and I want it to keep on – I don't want Cliff to go anywhere. I want them to ride this out. Uh, D-Hop was just like, I'm not married, but this, like, you know, seems like what a marriage would be like. Um, It's kind of right, by the way. Yeah. I wouldn't know. But uh, what's that uh, What's that show, uh, A Marriage Story? What's the one with uh, Adam Driver and he's yeah, like, Yeah, Marriage Story. Yeah, like, ah, yep. This mm-hmm. is Marriage Story NFL. Right. And I'm Which all we know how that,
2: how that movie ended Oscars, though. Winning Oscars, people. Right. It could have um, been called Divorce Story. And uh, <laughs> one of those guys makes a lot more than the other. And I don't know. He seems the one that would stick around more. It was kind of funny because as much as Kyler uh, yelled at him to come you know, the F down and then continued to scream at him for another 20 seconds. Uh, Cliff listened. He was kind of just sitting there being like, okay, thank you. And then Kyler just kept yelling and then walked away. And by the way, the score was 14 to six at that point. If that was Tom Brady doing that, uh, maybe we'd give Tom Brady credit for inspiring the troops because they had their best <laughs> 20 minutes of the season
4: right after Kyler did that. I think it is like a marriage though, because I mean the Kyler and Cliff have known each other since Kyler Murray was in high school. It's been a long time. And I, it does remind you, kind of like when you're in that breakup phase, and you're getting like in fights at like a Chinese restaurant, and out in, out on the street, like they're all over each other. It's been like <laughs> weeks in a row where Kyler Murray's sort of nonplussed with the way that Cliff Kingsbury comports himself on the sideline, and that Gen Z comment was like. I like to be emotional, and he's coming and telling me to try to be the cool guy, saying, calm down, keep it chill. But they're in each other's ear and stuff, and it seems to just not quite be working in concert but on any Gen level. The Gen
6: Z comment is condescending. He no, sure. He's calling yeah. him immature I in mean,
4: that well, moment. Get, yeah, but, but getting, I mean, getting upgraded by though. your player is
2: condescending. I mean, that put Cliff in a tough spot. It was yeah, a little that bit is, emasculating. That, ju- that jumps to mind, and I understand... Now that would never happen in
3: the 80s or even the 90s or even the beginning of the new century where a player would do that. The dynamic between players and coaches in general is a, a lot more chill and different than it was like when Bill Parcells was, you know, ruling the world with an iron fist. But mm-hmm. still, yeah, it is a it's it's pretty unusual for the quarterback to very very publicly tell the head coach to pipe down in the middle of a primetime game. But, you know, on the other end of it, uh, they moved the ball well for stretches of this game. They did a nice job essentially putting this game away in the second half and never letting New Orleans really uh, get back into it. So I thought that was progress. And on the on the Saints side of the ball, um, Mark, you have you have a team that and we talked about it in the summer. We said this team probably has the highest ceiling potentially of these kind of fringy contender teams, but also pretty low floor. And this is one of the most penalized teams in the league. They have the worst turnover differential in the NFL. Uh, The defense is underperformed. And all of a sudden, Andy Dalton now is looking like Jameis Winston. And at that point, it's like, what's the point? Just play Jameis Winston. Uh, Another tough night for the Saints and what's been a tough season.
4: Yeah, they're they're disorganized. They're a mess. And when we talked about the floor before the season, we're seeing the floor. Because what I thought they would have um, before they traded away Gardner Johnson was one of the nastiest secondaries in the league. Well, they don't. And uh, their defense in general is simply not the Saints defense that we grew accustomed to over the last couple seasons. And the quarterback situation, I mean, they went into the season with two veteran quarterbacks with overt issues and limitations. And so that's what we're getting now, a dueling uh, banjo job between two quarterbacks with overt situations that are problematic. And Andy Dalton, to me, I mean that Marco Wilson flip behind him as he's walking away, uh, disheveled. It's essentially oh, his surrealist film. Louv. Right when they when he goes into the <laughs> and we go the Hall of Fame of like mezzanine level quarterbacks that that will exist at some point. That will be the tape they show when he's inducted because <laughs> it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in slow motion in my entire life.
6: That's two weeks in a row. Do you guys, what was it that, what was the cam, was it the Giants cam that went kind of crazy last week and like it was like Inception and like turned on an angle? Then we had this shot this week. You know how like at the end of the year, National Geographic will put together like the greatest moments in photography over the past- that's got to be in there. And be. I am voting for it, <laughs> dang it.
2: Do you yes. have a vote? Are you on the committee? Yeah, I feel like that will live on. I
6: think I should be. Let's start a petition.
2: Now you do with the bangs. It's Clip like a It, it deserves
6: something. A Mark It'll Twain? live on for years. I don't and know.
2: It, it's Andy Dalton's career in a nutshell, because I don't know one wants to hear it, but Dalton played pretty well last night. He had what, one bad, know? one really bad throw in the red zone where they lost four points out of it. You forced it in there. The, one of the pick sixes was a drop, right? It was a perfect pass that was just dropped wide open. The other pick, the other one, he got hit as he throw, as he threw, which, which you know you got to be aware of the pressure. But he got hit as he throw, and the other guy makes an insane one handed catch. And whether a ball is returned on a like for an interception or not is just completely luck. Whether a guy makes like a one handed catch is completely luck. And he threw it well basically for the rest of the night they moved the ball they had 500 yards my point is
4: more that quarterback he was great greg he was absolutely stunning to to observe i mean carry just, that water to, greggy just stick for, with it for
2: him. real though which part of that argument do you disagree with uh, i mean I, Dalton I don't know, just yeah, over his ahead. career for, is
4: going to cost you he's going to cost you points and the turnovers they were
2: missing their what their top four cornerbacks in this game they missed seven starters and dennis allen afterwards had such a bad quote saying like what's your biggest concern for this team and he was just like well just that my players aren't healthy and it's just like Dennis Allen to me as a head coach is just uninspiring they're so sloppy you mentioned the penalties and the turnovers and the excuses And and he's right like they are one of the most devastatedly injured teams and it is worth mentioning they also lost Bradley Roby in that game they were down their top Two wide receivers and their top three cornerbacks and a couple other starters like that. That is significant. But Allen's reasons and like even after halftime, they asked, "All right, what what did Andy Dalton need to do different?" And I and I know I just it, you know said how two of those were basically just bad luck. One what has not on him at all, and the other one happens, uh, and he was just like, "Oh, he doesn't have to do anything different. Just uh, just keep doing the same thing." Listen, like, you. Uh... I, you... That was always a thing
3: with Dennis Allen. This was something that I feel was overlooked consistently this summer, that Allen would be a huge downgrade from Sean Payton. I think you're seeing that in both the discipline of the team and the, the bottom line record. I, I don't feel like going back and forth with you on this one, Greg, but I don't know why you're making excuses for Dalton here. The, I'm just the, saying he threw dime after dime. The he reason threw, he was He threw in some position. beautiful passes. He yeah. threw an end zone interception. The Isaiah Simmons play was a great play by a former first-round pick, but also that ball was fired right in the orbit of
2: a I linebacker know, in the middle of the it, field. I get it, but he was like hit in the side as he was throwing it. So it, you have to admit there's some a lot of I, luck but, going on. But you I mean, I, I don't know, to use your
3: logic, if Sam Darnold does the same thing. You're not making excuses for Sam Sam Darnold.
2: Darnold Would not have thrown like 361 and four touchdowns and like graded very well. I'm just saying, like Dalton. Oh, he graded well. Okay, now this is adding up. He graded well. He did. He did grade
3: well.
6: I think we need to appreciate the quarterbacks.
3: He graded well. Everything's fine.
6: I think we need to appreciate more of, like, the Jameis Winstons that throw, like, hella touchdowns and hella picks. Because sure. that if, if you are not invested in those teams, that's fun football. Both of those picks last night, we were screaming about. All of the touchdowns, we were screaming about. Unless you're boring and, like, defense, which I feel like is, I don't know, Mark's vibe. I like this Ooh. kind of football. <laughs> it so is fun. It is chaotic. It's exciting. And I want to watch more of it.
4: You know is what that- i noticed on this show yeah. um, a couple times when Rachel's appeared? It was like if you get caught, if you get into a jam, just send a flaming arrow into Mark's head. That's how you get out of the corner. It's like that's gonna not that's gonna stop working at some point. Mark, like, is that Rachel on, on the sixth
3: floor of the uh,
2: Texas book Depository? I believe it
4: is. She's not she's not stacking school books either, I can tell that's you. It's kind
2: of Dan and I's move over the years, too. So she uh, yes knows it what is. it's like to be a co-host.
6: I just slipped right in, Easy.
2: Um, all right. Any other thoughts on the game? Mm. No. D-, D-, D hop does make like the entire difference. Like I don't think there was anything different in this Cardinals offense other than Deandre Hopkins was there. That was I'm it. And you. I think Kyler's willingness to run the last two weeks, he picked up some really key first downs early in the game. Cause he's willing to run again. And that's what kept them in it early, but there was really nothing different. It's just like, Oh, you got new cop back in that. Like totally changes your offense. Which when nice. do we get
6: the Hard Knocks out? Because
4: I am Ooh. watching the crap out oh, of that. Good call. November seventh or eighth or something like that. Oh god, like
2: they're that. sneaky. A perfect team for this. I, I am going to watch. Absolutely
4: perfect, are. and it's coming
6: at the right time. Like when they always start to film. They're not. I don't think that they'd be starting to film yet. But like, oh, we got this game on on episode I, one. That come would on, usually in, in
3: season Hard Knocks isn't typically my jam uh, but if this season really did devolve into petty soap opera drama between the head coach and quarterback, I'm all in
6: I, if I'm if I'm like part of the Cardinals though I'm panicking that they're <laughs> totally. like we agreed to this because hey, we thought we were in. gonna be good and d-hops coming back and everything's like all hunky-dory and it's not I'm panicking. I'm calling Mr. HBO himself and asking can we <laughs> not do this <laughs> who
2: who is Mr.
3: HBO do we know?
2: I think it's where you're calling their team owner who's always just like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll do it. How many different like hard knocks and all or nothings have they done?
3: it's that time uh, on the Friday fun show working title where one human gets the floor. And this week it's Mark Sessler. It's, it's about.
1: about me.
4: I, uh, this is my time to make it about me, but I am going to make it a little bit about, um, everyone. Uh, it is, uh, this week I did a QB index that essentially just had a haiku for all 32 starting quarterbacks. Um, but I wanted nice to, hook, ex- bro. It was a good hook. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure the editors agreed with that, but um, apparently, some readers potentially did. I want to expand that out to make some haikus about some of the people that star on this show. Um, and so here we go. Wait, before you do that, yeah, were there actually was there actual pushback from the edit desk? Uh, I would rather not dig too deep into that, but there was, there were, I think there was some hesitation about the, what might, the final product might look like. Well, we also um, had a couple uh, podcast
2: exclusives, Dan, because there were haikus too hot for NFL.com that we just oh, read on the that. podcast. Some had to be
4: re, uh, reworked, let's put it that way. Probably right. true of these right. as well. All right, we're going to start with a haiku for, uh, for Dan. Okay. We're going to put these up on screen. Kneeling <laughs> down to pull a stray leaf from his swimming pool... Old tugboat tugs. Hmm. <laughs> I want to Thomas keep that Beechle. benign because if I lose Dan early in this, we're going to be in hot water. So I just wanted to keep that. That's sort of the nice side to Dan. He's home in his house. Let's go to Greg. Don't, don't forget those line breaks we heard from the listener. You know. Well, they can crucial. read it on screen here too, but I will. Greg Rosenthal's. Hit the trifecta at Belmont while dressed up in women's tennis gear. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> It's I pretty. love that,
2: and it's I do pretty. love a a nice woman's tennis hoodie. And the tugboat does tug. My there is
4: no doubt <laughs> about that. That's right. Um, uh, grave digger. <laughs> it wouldn't be so fun to be a real grave digger. Dead bods in hot June.
3: <laughs> that's true.
4: Uh, all right, now. <laughs> I mean, do they well, put that, the
2: bods in? I no, Yeah, I was
3: gonna say, things. like in the what? maybe in like the sixteen hundreds, you're just tossing in an old corpse, but. Uh, Usually they're sealed in a casket, but you're right.
4: I Who knows? I'm with you. That, I like not you. everyone can afford a, like a $4,000 casket, I would imagine. Right. Some Probably. people
2: just put an old mom in the backyard, you know? Right.
4: Throw, right, her, exactly. in. Um, throw, throw do, her in. Right, exactly. Now we're going to do. Throw her in. We got Rachel because she's our guest today, so we have one of for course. Rachel. Scared. A new sun rises, a new me, smoking tree with Mooch before game day. <laughs> 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 Do you do drugs with Steve Mariucci? I don't smoke trees with Steve Mariucci. <laughs> uh, well, not yet. In uh, our last one, it's for, this, this is for gravediggers Diggers' um, side piece, uh, Jessica. Whoa, 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 whoa! Put some respect another. on her name.
3: She's not a side piece. I mean, piece. it's not a side piece. She literally came to London. live together.
4: Us. Yeah. All right, his his uh, live-in mate, Jessica. From the east, I hail. Poor Justin has no clue. I'm Russian mafia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm into that.
1: <sighs>
2: Very good. Yeah, Mark's long-term plan to break up uh, Jessica and Justin uh, adds another element. We, yeah, we see hey, that. You guys by have away, in-season
6: Mark. hard knocks. I'm interested in following this storyline.
2: <laughs>
3: that's Mark, not my we plan. We see, we see the the long game you're playing with Jessica, and weird. we don't approve of it we've really developed a strong relationship with justin he's a great producer and you have to understand there's a responsibility that comes with your role to get involved and and set the marginalize their relationship for starters it's just a red flag
4: subscribe i mean i would i would suggest that um you reroute that that the whole theory there if anything (laughs) justin had a chance to knock that down he willingly Published it because I think if anything, the two of them enjoy as much attention as they can possibly get.
3: You know, I do love, you know what's going to happen. I grave they're uh, suspiciously silent right now. They do curl up on like a Friday night after the Friday fun show, after everything's been put to bed and they're, they're planting their own trees. They go and sit in front of the fireplace and they'll listen to the show and just like look at each other and give a little like knowing smirks and like
2: snuggle <laughs> in front of a hot fire that accurate answer for yourself, Grave Digger. We need you here. 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you
5: have a
6: fireplace? I you do Yeah. a fireplace. Yeah. Well, okay, Bragg. <laughs>
3: wow. um, all right. Uh, good job, Mark. You nailed it. Uh, let's check back in this with the listeners slash viewers on the Friday Fun Show. Working title, Mika Lobano. Hey, Mika Lobano over here. Would you rather be a Packers or Broncos fan over the next 10 years? Oh, uh, wow, that's a big one. Um, Packers, history, fun, go to Lambeau, but it's tough, it's a toughie.
6: You're
2: making a face, Rachel.
4: Yeah.
6: Well, I guess I just don't know. I feel like the Packers' future is more unclear than the Broncos, I guess. I mean, how many more years does Aaron Rodgers have? Yeah, but
2: maybe that's a good thing. I don't know if I like the clarity that is Russell Wilson guaranteed money the next three or four years. I'd go to Packers just because you mentioned Lambeau, but also the history. Like there's this idea that the Broncos are this like super well-run organization, but they've had their ups, they've had their downs. It's a new ownership. You have to deal with that. It could be coaches, GMs change. The Packers always seem like they know what they're doing. They'll find a way. I'm going hard past on on the cheese
6: head in London Mm. and those things really retain like sweat. It was
2: soaking wet. Oh, dude! And I can't,
6: I can't go back to that. I can't oh. go back to
2: so that. You're saying sauce Gardner might have like caught some um, disease from the Packers fan? There was the a Packers moment fan that Sas was
6: like, ah. and then he kind of like started to like calm down and look around. And I think that that was the moment that he was like, "This is soaked,"
3: <laughs> and <laughs> right. that's coming from a sweaty man. Uh, what else we he got? Digger Ronald boddenham Oh, Roland. Roland Bordenham. Favorite Bonetta impression, Cooper Cup or Mike McDaniel as Napoleon Dynamite?
6: (laughs) Mike McDaniel was just layered. I had so many influences, Napoleon Dynamite being one of them, Mark Sessler being another. (laughs) I like Mike McDaniel. Plus, Mike Mike
2: McDaniel, now when I watch him talk, I just kind of hear him as Napoleon Dynamite, and there's a lot in there. So I'm going to go.
6: I couldn't believe that nobody else saw that before like no. it's just
2: you opened our eyes that's your skill that's
4: your talent the way because i just
2: think uh that Thank was you. more like the method and you stu- it was like you had studied the essence of cooper cup and gotten every inflection and
4: yeah he's
6: got a little it. bit of a fun twang mm-hmm. to him and he's got all Southern the facial boy. hair and
2: all right one ridiculous.
3: more Clay. with all these jets wins how come we haven't heard from keith at all uh well last week uh today's keith's birthday actually Happy um, birthday, Keith. So yeah. my old man um, has been busy, hung out with his uh, his brother, Ed, Uncle Ed, uh, last Sunday and watched the Giants game. Uncle Ed's a big Giants fan, so he had DVR'd the Jets game, so he wasn't able to give any reaction to the Green Bay game uh, in real time. So, Dad, are you here? Here he comes. Dad? Daddy? Yeah, come over here, Dad. Sw- <laughs> people want to say hello to you. They can't—you can't really hear him, but they just want to
2: see you on the. He's, live he's also been on a wild bender. We warning. can hear you, though. We can hear you. Happy, happy, birthday! happy birthday,
3: Keith! They oh, said happy birthday, Keith. Oh, thank you very much. This is, a, this is a great day with Daddy coming here to New York, you know, and going to the Yankee game tomorrow. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I always like seeing everybody here, you know. <laughs> That's Rachel. You haven't met. Oh, Rachel! Yet. Hi, Rachel. Nice to meet Hi. you. Uh, what are you Have working on outside dad right now? Dad's always working in the front uh, and the backyard. Uh, just uh, picking up a few things. Just cut the grass this morning and uh you know that's what I do on my birthday, you know. <laughs> see, I got a super I love Bowl it. shirt on. You know? There you go. Super Bowl 49. That was hey, one of the Jets. Like my dad. Jets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We're that well, look at this. All right. Hey, I like that, Rachel.
6: <laughs> I like that.
3: I like that. All right, papa. Okay. I'll see you in a little
2: bit, all right? That's my
6: dad. The exact same hair. Look at that. Exact same hair. Like my dad,
2: he only wears free merch from the NFL now. That's exclusively (laughs) my dad's wardrobe. Um, All right. So there you go. A little uh, drop
3: in from Keith. So there he is.
6: You're making your dad do yard work on his birthday. Why don't Um, you go in? I would have. Why couldn't you have said, let me do that for you? I absolutely would have.
3: And I always do when I come home, take care of the lawn. Uh, but I was preparing for this show, being a, a pro, unfortunately. My hmm. dad's retired. You know, he, does, he he has more time than I do right now. You know?
6: Interesting. I
3: do Let's move to, oh, I always love this part of the show. <laughs> it is time now for the Greg Rosenthal Week 7 Injury Minute, presented by Acroshore. A
2: milkshake for Old Lady Bones. (laughs) Uh, PJ Walker's back. Sorry, Uh, he's starting for the Panthers again. No Darnold or Mayfield this week. Mark Andrews returned to practice. Bad news for uh, Mark Sessler's Browns, so it looks like he will play. Denzel Ward will not play for the Browns. Neither will Wyatt Teller. Jadavian Clowney did return to practice and looks like he probably will play. J.K. Dobbins will be out for the Ravens on the other hand. Kenny Pickett looks like he's starting. That's not announced at quarterback, but he's cleared the concussion protocol. So has Pat Fryermuth. Logan Wilson, the good Bengals linebacker, is out. Shaq Leonard will not return for the Colts this week, uh, which is bad news. Jonathan Taylor will play. Uh, Kristen Watson is out another week for the Packers. We'll see if Sammy Watkins plays. He might come on, come off IR for that game. And that was the Greg Rosenthal Injury Minute presented by Acresure. What is it again? You guys aren't actually. It's Milkshake
3: uh, for Old Lady Bones. Milk, milkshake. They do yeah. sponsor us. Nobody, nobody knows for sure. Um, all right. Time now before we say goodbye. Week seven predictions. Uh, let's go over the week six predictions first. Uh, Mark, non-QB, will score five TDs. Uh, also, separate wager, Titans players or prediction get into a whole bunch of trouble over bye week
2: <clears throat> That's a that's a double X, I believe.
4: Yeah, there's no evidence of the Titans players getting in trouble. Um, we don't know for sure, but nothing to suggest. And so moving get right over
2: for 2. He gets over
3: for 2. Yeah, then. and moving get... right along from double X to triple X, my prediction was that Mark celebrates in a unique Cislarian C- 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 way. Uh, for his, his birthday, and um, you know, we don't have confirmation on this, but I got a feeling Mark had a good time last weekend.
4: I'd give you at least half a win on that, um, if not a full win. I'll take the full win.
3: Okay. Thanks, you left it open, I'll take it. Greg, the Eagles D ends the Cooper Rush hype with two turnovers. Ooh, they got it. Uh, did you though? That
2: can, I said Greg two bigger? or more. Cooper Rush <laughs> turns the ball over twice, And the hype train ends. The Eagles defense ends it with a thud with a couple turnovers. We got to
3: give you the X because he turned it over three times. Sorry,
2: buddy. (laughs) I mean, I think anyone listening can uh, know where where to get their accurate predictions from. Mark, go
3: ahead, Mark. You decide on that one. Is that an X or a check mark?
4: That's an X. Yeah, big time.
3: All right. And finally, uh, Claybound said the Browns win and Chubb has three TDs. And we know right now with the Browns. That ain't
0: happening. Uh, all right.
3: Now on to the week seven predictions. You want to get us going on this one, Bonetta?
6: Hmm. My week seven bold prediction the first one would be if I threw a party and invited all three of you guys, none of you would show up. Oh. That's my first one. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> Rachel, you know. The the uh, as a family man on the other side it's of fine. the city, that was a big ask, and I made that clear fine. to you.
6: It's fine. Michael Irvin showed up. But I fun. went out of I my way to, trip to, tell to San Diego.
2: You, I, was, I was literally, literally I'm out kidding. of town. So I think my I excuse is the best. I will continue to invite
6: you guys to things, and and it's okay if you guys. Can I, I
2: don't agree. know what Mark was doing, but I was in San Diego. I mean, that was a I'm whole. i really Greg.
4: That is unnecessary. Like to <laughs> the, just the, the way Greg <laughs> operates in general is unnecessary.
3: <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> just to pay you guys happy birthday lot. to you as well, Rachel. Yeah, thank you.
6: My my week seven bold prediction. Maybe this is a little bit lame, but I know that going into this week, everyone's like, oh these games I actually think this is going to be one of the more exciting weekends and I was saying this even before Christian McCaffrey joined the 49ers we got Chiefs 49ers which is interesting Chargers Seahawks I find interesting the Seahawks have been putting up points mm. Geno, their defense is awful I feel like that's going to be a sling fest Colts Titans shout out Graver I feel like that might be fun uh, and I think that next week we're going to be like 49ers Jimmy G Okay. You
2: love Jimmy in. G. I Spicy feel like that's saucy. your team. I
6: do. Those are my predictions. This yeah. week's going to be good. It's going to be fun.
3: All
2: right, Greggy? Yeah. It was as if Andy Dalton like heard a message from the league office. Increase points. And he's just a good company man. And that's what he did. It's coming. Week go. 7. Uh, my prediction is that Bill Belichick will break out uh, a play or a move something directly inspired by george hallis in this win over the bears most likely it'll be like running a t formation like the 1930s offense that george hallis broke out to help change the nfl but he'll do something as a historical nod to george hallis during this game as he passes him because that's just the type of guy yeah, I like that bill that's Belichick. A good one. and you know
3: what when it's uh 30 to 6 in the third quarter he'll have you know some wiggle room to play with on that one.
2: right it's like that drop quick kick he had doug flutie do uh in doug flutie's last game i believe it was like 15 years ago he'll do something fun how
4: about you marky hmm. all right uh it's a two-parter um why? Both, both of these things Why? have it's happened. One, we, each have one.
2: we each have one. We each have one. Well, because
4: I am telling you, the I am I have two visions, two locks. These are absolute locks. Both of these things have occurred in NFL history. We were at a game where this occurred. Um, A, a wide-ranging power outage occurs at one NFL stadium and causes a massive disruption, delay, slash delay. All right? We solved okay. the Super Bowl. It can happen again. Uh, number, part B, or number part. two. Um, A player is involved in a major mishap involving the team bus. That again causes um, like issues where like will player X be there by kickoff? Like he gets run over by the bus? No, I would say more like there was a, I think it was Adrian Peterson like a decade plus ago like missed the team bus and they were unsure if he'd get there by kickoff. And it caused all these like pregame, you know, issues and consternation. So something of that nature, I guarantee will, will occur.
2: But why do you want um, chaos and pain and these things to happen? Why do you want to root for Why is that always what comes up?
4: I don't think anyone is getting, there's no pain. No one's getting hurt here. Like a power outage could be be peaceful. Um, It was at the Super Bowl. And the player just simply, there's a mishap involving the bus.
3: I can answer that question, Greg. Uh, like uh, Alfred <laughs> said in The Dark Knight, some people just want to watch the world burn <laughs> uh my prediction is and rachel is already hinting at it although i did not know uh what athletic wear she would have on today um rachel on ba- bench with Benetta, her podcast which everybody should check out has been searching for a new team she settled on the chargers and i stress settled and i told her after i pitched the jets to her in april you got to give the Jets a look. They are the team to get behind. They are building a new core. There's a lot of excitement. This could be the team. She laughed at me. She eliminated the Jets in August. And I told Rachel on her show this week in a message, no hard feelings. The door's still open. And after the Jets pants the Broncos, I'm predicting Rachel on mm. her podcast <laughs> this week's. She she does it. She announces that the Jets are a new I'm favorite I'm fully team.
6: jumping ship wow that is bold wow so she you're predicting
2: she announces her jets fandom maybe
6: even bolder than a mishap on a bus
2: right are you are you at all (laughs) worried dan that elijah moore who's now going to be inactive for this game um because he requested a trade is the is the thing that turns this into a jets season
3: um you could stop with that negative energy patriots fan but (laughs) i'm not happy with this situation i have to tell you like elijah moore's got to pipe down a little bit there it's Everything's going well for the team and they're still transitioning with Zach Wilson after all the issues like wait it out um, and, and kind of be a pro. But I understand the frustration, but I, I don't like that it's come to this in a trade demand for a second year player. Hopefully cooler heads prevail. And I like at this point the way the Jets have handled it, which is they sent him home. They said, you're not playing this week. Uh, but we don't want to trade you, and we're not going to trade you. And I hope cooler heads prevail. But no, Greg, I didn't
2: like that. That's been, that's been a bummer. It, it, could be a, it could be a big Keith Hans this weekend because Denzel Mims steps in for the the malcontent. Well, that Elijah would be a big Moore. Bob Bates DDS <laughs> oh, that's weekend. right. I'm mixing like, up Father dads. All, that may, the that Baylor Bear Man.
3: Um, all right. Good stuff. Rachel, you've said it all. I had that Frank Sinatra poster in my uh, apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey back in the mid-aughts. It's a beautiful one.
4: He Arrested looks hot in that photo. Let's be
3: honest here.
6: <laughs> he really does. He really does.
3: Anything you want to say, Rach, before uh, we say goodbye?
6: Um, Taylor Swift is not that interesting. Ooh. Whoa.
5: The
3: trailer
6: okay. thing
5: they showed during Thursday night football was a <laughs> such a bummer. <laughs> that was such a letdown. What even was that? It was not what it's I not was expecting. What a more. bomb! What a
6: bomb from venetta She's bombed with Veneta. I love it. Interesting. <laughs>
3: I uh, I heartily disagree, and I'd love to maybe come on your podcast to discuss it. I am. Are uh, you
6: going to listen to the album? Is it come, did it come out last night? Did it come out today? Um,
3: it came out at midnight, Rach. It's called Midnight oh. Adoy. What well,
6: were you and Keith up at midnight listening to? it Well,
3: yeah, you know it. Sitting in front of the fire, like Gravedigger Ladies. and and, uh, and Jessica. Yes. All right, that's enough. We've had our fun, and now the fun is ended. Everyone, <laughs>
6: thanks for having me, guys. It's over. Have a
3: great weekend, Rachel. Please throw another party when the season's over. And uh, I, I promise this I'll be, will there. be lucky. And thank you to everybody for watching along and listening. And enjoy the football on Sunday and Monday. And we'll see ya come the flagship show.
5: Heed the call.